You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm a totally mellow, non-animal expert, ready to talk (laughs) about eagles, man. That Steve Miller thing totally mellowed me out. I was just right, like back at, <laughs> back at Red Rocks where I saw their show, you know? Dude. <laughs> totally mellow. Kicking back. Talk about some eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. I loved this headline from the Washington Post. These bald eagles are feeding a baby hawk because parenthood makes you crazy. Ah. (laughs) Sometime in late May, a pair of bald eagles in British Columbia's Shoal Harbor Migratory Bird Sanctuary snatched up two red-tailed hawk chicks and brought them back to their nest alive. One of those little hawklets, unfortunately, he became a meal, but the other became a legend. (laughs) Something happened that made those adult eagles begin nurturing that chick as one of their own instead of killing it and feeding it to their little eaglets. The hawklet became very, very good at currying the favor of the adults to get more food, but while they collected that food, the hawklet would be left alone with these three little eaglets who were way bigger than he was, about six times bigger than he was. Uh Uh-huh. They started calling this hawklet Spunky because he was very, very tenacious. Right. He's actually able to fly now. Right. He actually left the nest for the first time, and he flew about 200 yards away to another stand of trees. So those little eaglets were probably thinking, ah, good riddance, you jerk, you know? Yeah. Because there'd be more fish to go around. But when the adult eagles came back to the nest with a fish, he would return too, and he would basically just dominate the eaglets and just eat the entire meal. It's because the little ones are are unpredictable and fierce. <laughs> <laughs> he is, too. 
the researcher that's watching him, his name is David Hancock. He says that adult eagles typically stop bringing food back to the nest once their young start to fly. But the little baby eagles can't fly yet, unlike Spunky. Mm -hmm. They're a lot heavier and their feathers aren't hardened enough for flight. So while that little hawklet was off gallivanting, the trio of eaglets just sat there like little sad sacks of potatoes. <laughs> but he says that when the adults return with food, Spunky devours it, and he devours everything until his crop is so full that he could hardly stand. Hmm. He just gorges himself on food. Well, yeah, that's his job. Yep, so they're worried about it a little bit because, first of all, they're worried about the eaglets because they're not getting the nourishment because Spunky is hogging all of it. The other thing they're worried about is that Spunky is learning how to be an eagle instead of learning how to be a hawk. And that his next encounter with a bald eagle that is not one of his parents or one of his step-parents is not going to turn out well for him. Yep. What are they going to do about it? Nothing? Nothing. Yeah, well. They're not going to interfere. Yep. Nothing you can do, I guess. Yeah, because... That's interesting that they still have three babies alive aside. They must be super good hunters. Because normally only one survives out of a clutch, usually. Like, right. You know, because they just... Normally one of them dominates so much that the other one doesn't get enough to eat and they fall out of the nest or just die or whatever. Because, <laughs> you know, because yeah. nature's, like, kind of mean sometimes and... You know, that's Nature is kind of mean. And I love the tone of this article. Old. The whole thing was kind of like, hey, look, these bald eagles are not being complete jerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> what a surprise. Ah, but it's a double-edged sword, though, because he's not learning how to be a red-tailed hawk, so it might bite him in the tail feathers, you know? So <laughs> I yep. hope he, when he runs into another red-tailed hawk, I hope his instincts will, will you know, kick in. I hope so, too. Little guy. Good luck, Spunky. Good luck, Spunky. Just a reminder to go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at VarmantsPodcast, all one word, and at VarmantsPodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, suggestions. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And let's learn about eagles. Hey, let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. <laughs> Eagle is a common name for many large birds of prey of the family Acipitridae. I practiced this time. There are, wow, there are 60 species of eagles, most of which are found in Eurasia and Africa. Outside of Eurasia and Africa, just 14 species can be found, two in North America, nine in Central and South America, and three in Australia. Eagles are very large, powerfully built birds of prey with heavy heads and beaks. The plumage can vary. Uh, the plumage of an adult bald eagle is evenly dark brown with a white head and tail, while other eagles, like the golden eagle or the crowned eagle, can be varying shades of black, brown, and copper. Males and females in all species are identical in plumage coloration. The smallest eagle is the Great Nicobar Serpent Eagle, which only grows to be about 450 grams or just less than a pound, with a wingspan of 40 centimeters or up to 16 inches. 
and then they get as large as the Stellar Sea Eagle, which can grow up to be about 20 pounds with a wingspan of just over 7 feet, or 2.2 meters. If you ever see a picture of a Stellar Sea Eagle, it looks like a cartoon eagle. It's yeah, because they have looking. that big old beak on the front of their face. Big, heavy, orange beak. They have, like, the biggest beak of the, all the eagles. They do. It looks like a, an artist drew that eagle. They're amazing. The bird was called Aquila in Latin, which became Aigli in Middle and Old French. I probably said that wrong. Which eventually became Eagle in our modern English. Nice. Did you know that the girls are bigger than the boys? How much bigger? Like a lot bigger. It depends on the species, but 20 to 40% bigger. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no way, dude. Yeah. That's, that's Biologists use the word sexual dimorphism to describe it when a species has the characteristic of one sex being quite a bit bigger than the other. Like in humans, it's men. Males are the larger of the species by quite a bit, usually. Um, in eagles, it is flipped around the other way, and a lot of birds are like this, apparently. So, um, The girls are much, 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 much bigger. So I was thinking about why this might be the case and reading some articles about it, and one of the things might be that when the babies are born, I mean, when the babies are being incubated, both the male and the female take turns incubating the eggs, but the mama incubates the eggs more at night, and the dad does it more during the day, so that's one thing. She's bigger, so she probably got more body heat, so she can do night incubation duties. And then when the babies are born, the male does almost all the hunting, and she stays at the nest to defend the babies from predators. So that's another place where being big and bulky and strong could be a definite advantage. So, yeah, so they've got to... That's the interesting. Girls are bigger. 20 to 40% bigger. <laughs> wow. Wow. In the documentary I was watching, there they were following a golden eagle, eaglet, and the girl, uh, the, the, the young, there were two of them, and it was the girl that survived, and she was enormous. She was much bigger than her brother. She just booted <laughs> him right out of the nest. She's like, get out of here. Oh, no. Yeah. So, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Sorry, sorry, little eagle. Nature's kind of mean. <laughs> but uh, and then I'll talk about briefly their nests because that's all part of the whole um, the whole thing. It just their nests are enormous. Oh my gosh, how big do you think a nest is in Aerie? How big do you think an, an average eagle nest is? That's a good question. I am gonna say because I've seen them before, but I've seen them from the ground up in a tree, and they look pretty big. I'm gonna say they look like. So right behind me is a queen-sized bed, and I'm going to say they're probably about that big. Yep, they are huge. An average bald eagle nest is four to five feet in diameter and two to four feet deep. So that's about a meter and a third by um, by half a meter or or a meter, two meters deep. And uh, wow. yeah, that's just a bald eagle nest. The largest one ever recorded was in St. Pete in Florida. And it was 9.5 feet in diameter, which is 2.89 meters. And it was 20 feet deep, which is six meters. Oh my God! Wow. And it was calculated to weigh three tons, which I don't know what that is in metric. Oh <laughs> it's a my lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. 
That is crazy. It depends on the animal. Different species have different sizes of nests, but they're all generally pretty huge. And the bald eagle couple will visit typically the same nest over and over and over again throughout their lives. Um, although there is some evidence that they will start building another one if they haven't produced any eaglets successfully in a nest, they'll go and try another location. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, they look they look big just from the ground. They look big. Yeah, they're incredibly huge. Um, so, yeah, and then another thing I learned about them was that there are, in lots of cases, smaller birds, little tiny songbirds that will make their nests in the bottom parts of the area. <laughs> wow. Because... <laughs> you might as well, right? Yeah, because if you can manage not to get eaten by the eagle then it's actually a really good place to be <laughs> to protect you from all of the other predators because nobody wants to go and mess with that, you know? Right. So they just they just keep their babies in the bottom of the area and then they just are careful to when they're flying in and out. To They just keep an eye on the big eagles and they're like, yep, our safety mechanism is in place. It's like a booby trap that could hurt you, you know, for home security. <laughs> right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, so... Yep, there we go. They're they're big. Cool. They're big birds. They are very big birds, and they have very big nests. So you were mentioning Me. that their wingspan so. was is like you know the biggest one is seven feet. Like the big top five eagles, the big all of the big ones, the harpy, the golden, the stellars, all that stuff. The bald eagle, they all typically have wingspans of 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 six feet. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, they're big old birdies. Big birdies. So this week I chose to focus on eagle eyes. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Eagle eyes are capable of some of the most remarkable vision in the animal kingdom. And you've probably heard the term eagle eye before. Mm -hmm. I found a really good article that we're going to reference in the show notes called What If Humans Had Eagle Vision? Ooh. Yeah, it's really great. If you swapped your eyes for an eagle's, you could see an ant crawling on the ground from the roof of a 10-story building. Ah, dude. You could make out the expressions on basketball players' faces from the cheap seats in the arena, <laughs> and objects directly in your line of sight would appear magnified, and everything would be brilliantly colored, rendered in an inconceivable array of shades. So eagle eyes are very large. A bald eagle, for instance, has the same sized eyeballs in its little skull as a, an adult human. Oh my gosh. It's amazing, but how those eyeballs work differs very, very greatly. And most of it has to do with light-detecting cells called cones that we have in our eyes. Except an eagle has way, way more of them. And that enhances their power to resolve fine details, just like higher pixel density increases the resolving power of a camera. They also have a much deeper part of their eye called the fovea, which has a lot of those cones in it. Where a human fovea is like a little shell or a bowl, in an eagle, it's a very convex pit, and it's just full of these little cones. Eagles can also see a greater variety of colors, and they can see ultraviolet light because of the way their eyeballs work and the way they're structured. That is crazy. It is. Scientists know this because to study eagle vision, they have eagles fly through very, very long tunnels with two television screens at the end of them. Now, on one screen, there's a striped pattern that is displayed that can be manipulated by the scientists. And the birds can get a treat when they land on it. So the scientists will test their visual acuity 
by varying the width of the stripes, and then they can determine from what distance the eagles begin to veer in the correct direction. And so that's how they can tell how well an eagle can can see. Now, if you're still having trouble trying to wrap your head around how good an eagle's vision is, consider this. One megapixel in a picture is 1,280 by 1,024 pixels, which is roughly the size of the feature image that we put in the show notes. Um, I have a Galaxy S8 phone, and it has a 12 megapixel camera in it, and it takes some pretty nice little pictures. Some of your really high-end cameras that are thousands and thousands of dollars have sensors in them that are up to 50 megapixels, and they take remarkable pictures. Scientists have figured out that the resolution of the human eye when it's seeing perfectly is 480 megapixels, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, that is. An eagle's vision is between six and eight times more powerful than a human being's vision. So an eagle's vision is equivalent to having a 2.8 gigapixel camera. Oh, wow. The most powerful man-made camera in the world that I could find was only 1.8 gigapixels. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it, it's crazy to think about how well eagles can, can see. Oh, yeah. Disclaimer time! The Vomits Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then, Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're going to do it anyway. So, based on the fact that scientists can train eagles to, or can reward eagles when they land on the right television screen and they can sort of study them, I gave them a four because they're not quite as dumb as owls are, but they're not all that smart either. Yeah, I, I kind of, it's such a squishy thing to measure. I just kind of went three slash four, like somewhere in there. Yeah. Individual birds are probably brighter, but as a species, they don't require a lot of brightness. So No. They, and scientists think that most of their brain power is going toward processing what's coming through their, their eyeballs. Yeah, which would make sense. But if you think about it, it's like they have a small brain, but their bodies are huge. So... They've probably right. got about the same size of brain as a raven, for instance. And we talked about those guys. Uh, but ravens have a smaller body to go with that brain. You know what I mean? So the, yeah. that whole thing about brain to body size, the ratio having to do with intelligence, it sounds like they just don't, you know, they don't have the firepower in there. But that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yep. Because they are really, really good at being eagles. And they, you know, <laughs> the, at some point, engineering those nests was a leap forward in intelligence for them. And however that got passed down, just it stuck and the, they were done. They were like, we're done. We don't need anything <laughs> more. You know, they're not under any sort yep. of pressure to be more, to be brighter than they are. So. All right, well, we are going to talk about eagles and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this commercial. Need an escape? Vanish into the depths of a magic forest. Head out on an interstellar repair mission. Travel back in time to change the future. Explore inside someone or something else. Meet dragons, werewolves, birds, bears, aliens, mermen, and a man with a fishbowl for a head. All in 10 minutes or less every week. Tune in to 600 Second Saga... 
for your weekly science fiction and fantasy escape. Hey there everyone, Paul and Donna are a couple of nerds just like you, and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time, on movies, TV, comic books, toys and video games. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time, on movies, TV, and video games, and sometimes poetry. The other week we did uh, Sperm Whales, and Donna read a poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And that sent me down a big old Alfred Lord Tennyson rabbit hole, and I was reading his poetry all week, and it's wonderful. He is one of the most well-loved Victorian poets, he is the fourth of 12 children, and he showed an early talent for writing. At the age of 12, he wrote a 6,000-line epic poem. Um, he had some problems at home. He had an abusive alcoholic father. He had There were quarrels that came about because of that. So he escaped home in 1827, and he attended Trinity College in Cambridge, where he and his brother Charles published Poems by Two Brothers. And the poems in that book attracted the attention of the Apostles, which were an undergraduate literary club led by Arthur Hallam. The Apostles provided Tennyson, who is tremendously shy with some friendship and confidence as a poet, and Hallam and Tennyson became best friends. They toured Europe together in 1830 and again in 1832. In 1833, Hallam died, and this greatly affected Tennyson. So there's, there's a long poem called In Memoriam, and there's many other of Tennyson's poems that are tributes to Hallam. So by the time he was 41 years old, Tennyson had established himself as the most popular poet of the Victorian era. The money he gained from his poetry, which was at times exceeding 10,000 pounds per year, which at that time was a lot of money, allowed him to purchase a house in the country where he could write in relative seclusion. By that time he was married, he had a couple of children. His appearance was he was a large bearded man. He regularly wore a cloak and a broad brimmed hat, which kind of enhanced his notoriety. He read his poetry with a, a large booming voice. And in 1859, he published the first poems of Idols of the Kings, which sold more than 10,000 copies in one month. So he was very, very successful. And in 1884, he accepted a peerage, becoming Alfred Lord Tennyson. He died on October 6, 1892, and he is buried in Westminster Abbey. What the heck does this have to do with eagles? <laughs> well, we asked our friend Mariah Avix, who you just heard from in the commercial, to read the poem that he wrote called The Eagle. So here it is. Close your eyes and enjoy. The Eagle by Alfred Lord Tennyson He clasps the crag with crooked hands Close to the sun in lonely lands Ringed with the azure world, he stands The wrinkled sea beneath him crawls He watches from his mountain walls And like a thunderbolt, he falls
Wow. So that again was Mariah Avix. She is the host of the 600 Second Saga podcast. And the music in that was by an artist called Mads. So we thank them both for their contribution to, to today's episode. Their little uh, that that was the highbrow part of the show. Now it's Donna's turn. Oh well, <laughs> I think Sam the Eagle would approve, don't you? <laughs> I think so too. That was uh, that was wholesome. Like he likes. Yes. Well, today I'm going to talk about <laughs> Sam the Eagle on the Muppet Show. He was Sam is an American eagle. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to just refer everybody to the page on the Muppet Wikia because it is amazing over there. You will be there all day if you go to the Muppet Wikia, <laughs> trust me. So Sam the Eagle is an American eagle who feels his species and role as a national symbol have placed certain responsibilities upon his shoulders. He has taken it upon himself to promote and protect wholesome American morals and values. And he works... <laughs> Behind the scenes at the Muppet Show is the self-appointed censor and advocate of cultural, educational acts such as Wayne and Wanda. You remember Wayne and Wanda? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Wayne and Wanda were based on uh, um, uh, Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald, who were old-timey silver screen uh, movie stars way back in like the 30s and 40s and uh, and they used to sing a, a lot of songs Sam the Eagle approves of Wayne and Wanda because they are wholesome and pure so every time he has them on it's supposed to be this wholesome pure cultural escapade and something always goes wrong in their show something always goes wrong right. something with the scenery <laughs> or somebody falls or it's always something slapsticky and silly so anyway uh but that has that's just sam the eagle for you um we, I think we pulled a clip of him being upset because there were lady wrestlers on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here it is. It's about a minute and a half long. Sure. Uh, but it's really good, so here we go. Okay. Uh, excuse me, Kermit. May I speak with you? Uh, sure, Sam. What you want? I think you know why I am here. Uh, well, actually, Sam, uh, to tell you the truth, I've never known why you're here. I feel my job is to make sure this program is morally upright and cultural and wholesome. You got your work cut out for you, bird. <laughs> now that was unwholesome. That was not cultural. Uh, 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 fine, fine. Uh, but uh, uh, what can I do for you, Sam? I want to know who is going to be on tonight's show. Oh, wow, let's see. Uh, tonight's show is very classy. It's very highbrow. You'll like this show. Oh, good, yes. Yes, tell me more. Uh, well, let's see. We got uh, Fozzie is doing a pantomime mm -hmm, with Zero mm -hmm, Mistel. Mm -hmm. Got a musical number. With, musical uh, number, good, good. With Zoot mm -hmm. and Ralph. And then, of course, we got mm -hmm. uh, we got the lady... Uh, uh, la the lady wrestlers. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, oh, nothing, Sam. It's just uh, we got uh, some lady... Uh, lady uh, Lady, uh, stand by for the pantomime number. Lady what? Uh, uh, lady wrestlers. Rest what? Lurs. <laughs> lady wrestlers? <laughs> lady wrestlers? <laughs> Have we no shame? Well, 
It's coming. Something, something must be done here. Someone must work for integrity and decency. Someone, someone must do this, and I shall continue to speak out, knowing someday I will get my just desserts. Uh, Sam, you will someday get your just desserts. <laughs> so Sam has been part, part of the Muppet crew forever, since the beginning. He was on the pilots, the really early stuff, way, way, right. way, way back before even the Muppet show was conceived and, and on board. He was on the very, 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 very first one. And he's in the first batch of the Muppet meeting films, all those little projects that they did to try to develop the Muppet show. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of the oldest characters right along. He's older than Kermit. <laughs> he was, that is... He was on before Kermit, so... Yeah. That, that is fantastic. Yeah. Sam the Eagle is hilarious, and I highly recommend you get into a YouTube vortex of watching Sam the Eagle, because he is hilarious. <laughs> it's when you're a kid and you're watching that, you're just kind of laughing at the uptight, funny eagle. Yeah. But then when you're an adult and you're watching that, you see kind of how subversive that was and how they were like poking at censorship through this puppet. Yes. Yeah. Which is what I love about the Muppet show. It's like it's great when you're a kid and it was when I was 10 years old and watching it it was it had a huge impact on my life. But then you can go back and watch it. I can go back and watch it as an, a 46-year-old and see all the little sneaky stuff they did for adults, you know? Yeah, we did every week we used to watch it and my mother we'd watch it as a family and my mother would make a giant bowl of popcorn <laughs> and we would just yeah. all four of us sit on the couch and laugh at the Muppet Show. Yeah, and I used to look at my parents and think why are they laughing at this? This is a kid's show. This is not for them. <laughs> and it was totally for them. It was totally for them. It was for everybody. So, yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Sam the Eagle. Check him out. Well, wouldn't you know I have this lovely pot pie ready to go in the oven. Isn't that gorgeous? Tell me you wouldn't put that in your food box. Bald eagles, are they on the menu? No. We're not just bald eagles, any eagles. No eagles ever at all? No. No, I don't think so either. Just because, not only because of their protected status, but because, yeah, just no. There's plenty of birds out there to eat, right? Yeah, I mean... Generally, people don't, I mean, I know people do eat predator birds, but generally it seems like they just don't have the meat on them that the prey birds have, you know, like the ducks and right. the geese and the, you know, chickens, stuff like that. I read a news story to prepare for this uh, about a man in Dallas, Texas, who had a chicken farm. And a bald eagle next to a chicken farm is kind of like me next to the peel and eat shrimp tray at a Chinese buffet, <laughs> you know? And he was getting tired of this bald eagle that was preying on his chickens. So he shot the bald eagle, and he got caught. And the only thing that he regretted was the very, very poor taste of the bald eagle, because he once he shot the bald eagle, he tried to do the right thing and prepare and eat the eagle, and he was very, very disappointed with what he got. Right. Well, serves him right. <laughs> Should have had the wildlife authorities, you know, try to intervene or just try to do something else. It's it's 
part of the cost of doing business, unfortunately. You know, you yep. don't have a right to just kill all the animals because you're trying to raise animals. It's just, you just don't. That's just how it is. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yep. guys. And I come from a ranching family, so I know what a pain this is. But it's just, my grandpa used to just kind of go shrug, you know. So it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, no, I would not eat them. But, I mean, I wouldn't even eat them if there was an abundance of them. Because, yeah, it just doesn't seem like they've got the... Predators always taste kind of yucky. They just don't have enough fat on them. Well, hello, Paul Don. It's me, Billy Lee Campbell. And I'm here to ask you a question. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Back to you, Paul and Donna. So the first thing I had, I had two things, and they're both really, really brief. When you see in the movies or on TV, when you see a bald eagle flying overhead, you generally hear this sound. And that is not a bald eagle at all. That is a red-tailed hawk because yep. red-tailed hawks sound awesome and bald eagles kind of do not. This is how a bald eagle actually sounds. And that does not inspire as much awe as this does. <laughs> Well, so that's one little mentally drop in some, you know, swelling orchestral music and a landscape. <laughs> da, 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 the drums in the background. Dum, da, 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 da. You know how they do on nature documentaries? Yeah, yeah. You get the helicopter shot. Oh, the mighty bald eagle. And then you get. Yeah, and then you get. I'm over here! <laughs> so that's what they're doing. They're calling to their buddy, right? Their, their mate. Yep. I'm over here! Where are you? <laughs> I'm over here! Where are you? I'm over here! And it's just not that dramatic, so in movies nope. they have to use the red-tailed hawk instead. Well, this week, as a favor to our buddy, buddy of the show, Paxton, he wanted us to talk about harpy eagles. Um... So, Paxton, the reason we haven't done a whole show about harpy eagles is that there's really not enough about them to do a whole show of their very own. So we're just going to talk about them as a segment. Like, there's no specific harpy eagles in pop culture, that kind of thing. So we just decided we're just going to do eagles as a general sort of category. So, but harpy eagles are interesting. They are jungle eagles. Jungle eagles! <laughs> They're huge. Their wingspan can reach up to 6.5 feet or two meters across. And they fly through the forest canopy so they don't fly above them. You're never gonna see them soaring above the canopy. They fly through the tops of the trees and they're super agile. And they are big enough, guess what they feed their babies there, Paul? That's a good question. What are they, uh, oh, um, let me guess. Um... Monkeys? Monkeys like, they, they, and sloths monkeys? and stuff. Yeah, monkeys, sloths, and sometimes opossums and stuff. Anything that's oh, wow. uh, up in the trees that they can grab. You know, they'll, they'll hunt other birds and stuff. But yeah, um, 
monkeys, capuchin monkeys and sloths and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, eagles got to eat. They don't eat baby carrots. No. <laughs> they range from Mexico <laughs> to northern Argentina, and they live always in forested areas. So they're in trouble because forested areas are in trouble, right? They actually need a huge amount of land for them to 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 hunt in. So they need several square miles of undisturbed forests in order to thrive. There are only two zoos in the United States that I know of that breed harpy eagles, and that's the San Diego Zoo and now the Zoo Miami has reared a chick uh, from parents that originated in San Diego. So they're, they're doing their best to try to keep this species going. And uh, other than that, so basically, if you look at the harpy eagle, they're very beautiful. They are the gray bird. They have a very distinctive look with feathers on top of its head that fan into a crest when they feel threatened. So you've, if you've ever seen them, you would recognize them right away, but you, not, you might not realize it's an eagle. So look up the baby harpy eagle. That is a cute little bird. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness. He's just a little pile of white fluff with black eyes and just a teeny little black beak. I'm so cute. <laughs> <laughs> we asked our listeners this past week how if they thought eaglets were cute or ugly, and all but a couple of monsters out there thought they were cute. And they are cute. They're cute in the same way as like when you're in the dollar store and you see a little 90-year-old lady that kind of looks like Yoda, but you're like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> They're that kind of cute. Well, the harpy eagle babies are actually, I would argue, really adorable, you know. They, They're legitimately cute. They are legit cute. They are fluffy yes. and, and round and, and cushy and cute and, <laughs> and deadly. Um, yeah. the, the harpy eagle's legs can get as thick as a small child's wrist. And uh, oh the back talons God. are larger than grizzly bear claws. They're five inches or 13 centimeters long. Whoa. I know. That's crazy. They're the heaviest. They're among the heaviest and most powerful of birds on the planet. And I was watching another a documentary specifically about harpy eagles. And to go up and set up their cameras, they put on flak gear, police riot gear, including the helmet that covers your neck and everything, to go up there and hang their cameras. Because <laughs> harpy <laughs> eagles are known to be quite aggressive and territorial. And mm -hmm. they could easily kill you. Very, very easily. So they were like, they armored up to hang their cameras. They were like, these guys are serious business and we do not want to mess with them. <laughs> wow. And in the harpy eagle, the female is twice as large as the male generally. So um, that is a big darn bird. So, yeah. That is a very, very cool bird. Yeah. Super interesting. And sorry we couldn't do a whole show about them, Paxton, but uh, there you go. Thanks for giving us a suggestion. We really appreciate it. That was great. Thank you so much, and, w and we'll have you back on the Rugrat Corner real soon. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. The Varmints Podcast is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, music, as always, by Kevin McLeod, and by you, the Blazing Caribou Studios Patreon supporter. Thank you so much for donating a little bit of money every month to make sure that this podcast has the bandwidth it needs to get out to you. Thank you so much. On this week's Rugrat Corner, we have Gabe and Grayson. They have something to say about eagles. Hello, this is Gabe and my little brother Grayson. So we're going to be talking about eagles. What I think of eagles, I think of them like being master fishers. 
Grayson, what do they do? They they fly. Also, they have huge talons. Yep. I hope I said that right. And their wingspan could be up to 7.5 feet. And we we saw an eagle nest near us when we go pick up Grayson. What? Yeah. So <laughs> Grayson, what do you think of them? Do you think they're fuzzy? No, they're they're feathers. Yeah. And they're really good hunters and can be good pets. Yep. Bye, Paul and Anna. Bye, hi, Paul and Anna. <laughs> Did you hear? Her in the background, you hear Mama in the background going, no, they can't. <laughs> They're not good pets. <laughs> <laughs> she is right. <laughs> Mom, of course, is Katie Talmo from our podcast here on the Blazing Caribou Studios Network called 8-Bit Avenue, which is all about video games, so give that a listen, too. Yes. And thanks for listening to this show, and until next time... Be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. I remember when we did a podcast. We did a podcast a long time ago. Wasn't it about animals or something? Something, yeah, before everybody just got everything telepathically, we had to work for it. Yes, I remember that. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Could you teleport that Afghan over here? I'm a little cold. What? (laughs) All those years of podcasting took my hearing. (laughs) Eh? Eh? (laughs) Eh?